Welcome to the Speaking of Women's Health podcast. I am your host, Dr. Holly Thacker, and I'm back temporarily today in the Sunflower House. I love bringing these podcasts to you, my audience, who I adore. And we're bringing you great content from speakingofwomenshealth.com. But as you may or may not know, not only am I the executive director of Speaking of Women's Health, but I also direct our Center for Specialized Women's Health and run a specialty women's health fellowship. And I wanna keep giving you, our listeners, the best content that we have on our site. And so I wanna introduce our wonderful executive producer of the podcast, Lee Kleckar, and she is behind the scenes and our social media manager for Speaking of Women's Health. And she is going to guest podcast, including today. So take it away, Lee. Welcome to the Speaking of Women's Health podcast. I'm your guest host, Lee Klecker, the executive producer of the Speaking of Women's Health podcast, and I'm so happy to be back in the Sunflower House. I'm filling in for Dr. Thacker this episode to interview another one of her amazing nurses, Rachel Ostermiller. Rachel is a registered nurse and received her MBA in healthcare administration, She has 14 years of healthcare experience, including ambulatory, inpatient, community health, quality and safety, grant and program management. And she has worked in the Cleveland Clinic OBGYN and Women's Health Institute for one and a half years. Welcome, Rachel. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Great. So we're going to talk about on this podcast episode, osteoporosis treatments and what patients need to know before they come to their physician's office for those treatments. But before we dive into that, I'd like to take a quick step back and start with what is osteoporosis for those that aren't familiar? Yeah, so osteoporosis is a disease that weakens your bones, makes your bones thinner and less dense than they should be. Um, And it's really important to know that people with osteoporosis are much more likely to experience broken bones or fractures. Your bones are usually dense and strong enough to support your weight and absorb most kinds of impacts. But as you age, your bones naturally lose some of their density and their ability to regrow or remodel themselves. If you have osteoporosis, your bones are much more fragile than they should be, and they're much weaker. Your bones are living tissue, just like any other part of your body. Mm -hmm. It might seem like it, but they're constantly replacing their own cells and tissue throughout your whole life. Up until about age 30, your body naturally builds more bone than you lose. After age 35, bone breakdown happens faster than your body can replace, which causes a gradual loss of bone mass. Mm. If you have osteoporosis, you lose bone at a greater rate. People who are postmenopausal lose bone even faster. Most people don't know that they have osteoporosis until it causes them to break a bone. Osteoporosis can make any of your bones more likely to break, but the most commonly affected bones are your hips, your wrists, and your Mm. spine. So there is a risk of hip fractures or uh, fractured vertebra. Right. The sooner your healthcare provider diagnoses osteoporosis, the less likely you are to experience bone fractures. 
So um, our doctors here in the special, the, our, so our physicians in the Center for Specialized Women's Health provide bone density scans. And you should ask your healthcare provider about checking this, especially if you're over 65, if you've had a bone fracture after age 50, or if somebody in your family has had osteoporosis. Mm-hmm. Well, I know I have, both my grandmothers had it. I've had some aunts who, oh, oops, they fell in the ice and broke their wrist and their hip. So I, yes, I'm definitely um, one of those candidates that I'll have to be paying attention to when I need to get my screenings. Um, and also I wanted just to do a quick shout out because recently our Speaking of Women's Health podcast was recognized as one of the best osteoporosis podcasts. So I'm glad that we're talking about this topic again today. And um, I do have some more questions for you about how would someone know that they have osteoporosis? We talked about, you know, um, if they fall and then they fracture, that's obviously, you know, a huge concern. But what are the most common symptoms to look out for? So you won't feel or notice anything different that signals that you might have osteoporosis. You're not going to get a headache, fever, or a stomachache that could tell you anything in your body is wrong. The most common symptom is suddenly breaking a bone, especially after a small fall or a minor accident that usually wouldn't hurt you. Um, Even though it doesn't directly cause symptoms, you might still notice a few changes in your body that could indicate that your bones are losing strength or density. Those warning signs include losing an inch or more of your height, changes in your natural posture, meaning that you're stooping or bending forward more, shortness of breath if the discs in your spine are getting compressed enough to reduce your lung capacity, or lower back pain in your lumbar spine. Hmm. It might be hard to notice changes in your own physical appearance, so a loved one might be more likely to see the changes in your body, especially your height or your posture. People sometimes joke about older adults shrinking as they age, but that can be a sign that you should visit a healthcare provider for a bone density test. The sooner a healthcare provider diagnoses it, the less likely you are to experience a bone fracture. And this really is one more reason why it's so important to stay connected to your healthcare provider, come in for annual visits, just to make sure that that conversation is happening Mm -hmm. and you're getting the preventative care to help keep you safe. Right. Interesting. Okay, so when a patient is then diagnosed with osteoporosis, um, from what I understand, is some of the treatments they can receive are injections or shots. Is that correct? Your healthcare provider will suggest a combination of treatments that slow down your bone loss and strengthen your existing bone tissue. The most important part of treating osteoporosis is preventing bone fractures. Most common osteoporosis treatments include exercise, which regular exercise can strengthen your bones and all the tissues connected to them, like your muscles, tendons, and your ligaments. Your provider might suggest weight-bearing exercise to strengthen your muscles and train your balance. Exercises that make your body work against gravity, like walking, yoga, Pilates, Tai Chi, can improve your strength and balance without putting stress on your bones. And you might need to work with a physical therapist to find exercises and movements that are right for you. You might also need over-the-counter or prescription calcium or vitamin D supplements, and your provider will tell you which type you need, how often you should take them, and what dosage you need. And then medications for osteoporosis may be indicated for you as well. 
Your provider, again, will tell you which prescriptions will work best for you and for your body. Some of the most common medications we use to treat osteoporosis include hormone therapies like replacement estrogen or testosterone and bisphosphonates. People with severe osteoporosis or a high risk of fractures might need medications that are given as injections or infusions in the office. A few of these are um, Prolia, Avenity, and Reclast. Okay, really interesting. And also um, for our listeners, we have a calcium health cal- calculator on speakingofwomenshealth.com that where you can put in how much calcium you need based on your age and gender, et cetera. So that is a really helpful tool. Um, so again, we mentioned the different treatments. So who is a candidate for this treatment? Is it everybody? Is it, um, you know, based on their symptoms, where they're at in life, their age? For the treatments that patients get in the office are injected or infused treatments. They're usually for patients who have severe osteoporosis or a high risk of fractures. Okay. Interesting. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about what those different injections and shots are that are available. And if you could tell us a little bit about which ones would are better than others for certain patients. So the three medications that we give here in the office in the Cleveland Clinic Specialized uh, Center for Specialized Women's Health are Avenity, uh, Prolia, and Reclast. I'll start with Avenity. Avenity is um, an anabolic agent recommended for patients with a history of osteoporosis fractures or multiple risk factors for fracture or are not able to tolerate other osteoporosis treatments. So for those patients who come in who've already had a fracture, they may come in and first do Avenity for one year and then switch over to a medication like Prolia or Reclast. Okay. The other two medications that we give in the office are Prolia, which is a monoclonal antibody, or Reclast, which is a bisphosphonate. Um, those medications both help slow breakdown of your bone Um, And so those are good options if you've not yet had a fracture, but need to help protect your bone health. Great. Okay. Sounds good. That's really interesting. I mean, because honestly, I've worked a long time with um, Dr. Thacker and many of her healthcare clinicians at the Center for Specialized Women's Health, but I really wasn't familiar with these different injections and shots. So I'm, I'm glad that we're getting to talk about this. And I know that's, um, you know, these are a lot of questions that you get from your patients when they are coming in for these treatments. Um, so what do bone treatments do? So we've talked about the different ones that are available, but what are they actually doing to the body? That is such a good question. And I really like to try to break it down and make it simple. We talked at the beginning about how your bones are constantly regrowing and rebuilding themselves. People who are younger will have a lot more bone growth, and as you get older, your bone doesn't regrow, and you're going to lose more bone mass Mm -hmm. over time. So starting with Avenity, since that one is a little bit different, it's an anabolic agent, and it helps to rebuild your bone. So it targets a hormone in your body that actually helps to increase your bone density. So that's very helpful for people who have had bone fractures before. Right. And then the other two medications, Prolia or denosumab, uh, is a monoclonal antibody. 
that slows bone breakdown. So it's not going to rebuild your bones, but it's going to help control that loss of bone mass. And it acts like a natural substance in your body to help regulate that bone breakdown and build up process to slow that down and help stabilize that. Hmm. And then reclast or zoledronic acid is a bisphosphonate, just um, an infused or injected version. And that one also slows down the breakdown of bone of older bones specifically. Great. Thank you. So there is there any difference between because I've referred to injections and shots so far in this interview? Is there a difference between those two? An injection and a shot really are the same thing. Usually healthcare providers refer to vaccines as shots okay. and medications that we give through a needle into the skin as injections. But for an everyday patient, they look like the same. They look the same. Um, an IV infusion, however, is a liquid medication that's given through an IV directly into the bloodstream. Oh. And these three medications that we give in the office are given as injections or shots or IV infusions. So they're a little bit different than a medication you would take at home as a pill. Got it. Okay. All right. So let's um, talk about what patients need to do. Um, and prepare before they come to the office for these bone treatments? That is a great question. And that is really what we're here today to talk about more than anything. And we get so many questions about that. I think the most important thing first for patients to know is that as nurses and clinicians working in the office, we have a very detailed checklist that we go through for all of our patients coming in to make sure that you're the right patient for the medication that you have everything in place, all the steps are done, so you're gonna have the best and safest experience possible, and that you're getting the medication at the right time and that you have everything in place. So we work on our end to make sure all that's done, and we'll contact you if there's anything that is needed that you haven't gotten done yet. So um, first we'll start with our injections, Prolia and Avenity. When you come in for those visits, it's really going to be the same as a regular doctor's visit. Okay. For prolia, you need to have a normal calcium level performed within the last year, a bone density scan within the last two to four years, an office visit with your osteoporosis clinician within the last year, and it needs to be six months and one day since your last dose. Okay. On our end, we're going to make sure there's a doctor in the office on the day that you come for your visit and also that your medication is improved by your insurance. Okay. For Avenity, again, that's an injection and your visit is going to be the same as a regular doctor's visit. We wanna make sure that you have a normal calcium level within the last six months. You have a DEXA completed within the last two to four years, that you've had an office visit within the last year and that it has been 29 days since your last dose. Again, on our side, we'll make sure that there's a supervising clinician in the office and also that your insurance has approved your medication. For reclass, the preparation is a little bit different since it's an IV infusion. You want to make sure that you have drank plenty of fluids before you come in, at least two to three glasses of water in two to three hours before your visit. The reasons for this is to make sure that you have plenty of fluid in your body, in your veins, because this medication is an IV infusion and it's gonna be excreted out through your kidneys. And also to make sure that your veins are nice and plump 
when we have to put in an IV. Mm -hmm. You can take Tylenol or ibuprofen beforehand, whichever medication works and is safe for you is okay. And you should follow the instructions on the medication vial or according to your prescription. And you should wear a comfortable shirt that can be pulled up past your elbow so we can comfortably place an IV. Mm -hmm. In terms of lab work, you'll need to have a calcium and a vitamin D level that are both normal and that were completed in the last three months. And we'll check your kidney function using a test called creatinine that'll need to be completed within the last 30 days before your infusion. And we'll check to make sure that your kidney function levels are safe for you to get the infusion and for your body to be able to process that medication. You need to have a bone density scan within the last two to four years, an office visit within the last year, and it needs to be one year or more since your last dose. And again, we're going to always have a supervising clinician in the office when you're getting your treatment, and we're always going to make sure that your medication is approved by your insurance company. Okay. And so you mentioned that um, they can take ibuprofen or Tylenol or whatever they're most comfortable with. Is that because some women experience some pain afterwards, or does that just have to do with the IV? The reason for the Tylenol or ibuprofen is related to possible side effects. About one in three people experience a flu-like or an achy bones type feeling after they get their reclassed infusion. That will start about one to three days after your infusion. It can last for a couple days. You can have fever, achiness, mild headache, bone joint or muscle pain. And again, that's only about one in three patients who experience that. Mm -hmm. But we want you to be comfortable as much as possible during and then after your infusion. Uh, what can a patient expect at the office um, while getting that bone treatment? Because I'm sure for many of those who are doing this for the first time, they're a little anxious. Um, they're not familiar with the process yet. Um, so I think this would be, you know, it's really helpful for those individuals to know, you know, once they do get to their healthcare clinician's office, you know, what they can expect. It is so normal for patients to feel nervous coming in for office visits, Mm -hmm. especially if this is new to you or if you have any fear or discomfort around needles as well. Mm -hmm. That's completely normal. We work with patients who have anxiety or nerves all the time, and we're here to make sure that you feel comfortable and safe. That's When you come to the office for your bone treatment, a nurse will greet you, will review your allergies, your medications. We'll check vital signs such as your blood pressure and your weight. We'll give you information about the bone treatment that you're getting, and you will have plenty of time to ask any questions that you have. If you're getting prolia treatment, you'll get one injection. We call it a subcutaneous injection. Mm -hmm. It's an injection with a very short needle that goes in the fat under your skin, usually on your arm or your belly, once every six months, and your entire visit shouldn't take more than about 20 minutes. If you come in for an Avenity treatment, you'll get two separate injections, same tiny short needle about a centimeter in length. That'll be an injection um, subcutaneous in the fat underneath the skin on your arm or belly. You'll come once every 28 to 29 days for a full year. And that visit will take probably no more than about 20 minutes. The injections for prolia and avenity might feel like a pinch or a mild bee sting. 
If you're coming in for a reclassed infusion, that visit is a bit lengthier since you're getting an IV infusion and treatment associated with that. That visit will take 60 to 90 minutes. Mm. When you come in for your infusion, your nurse will put in an IV, which is a little tiny plastic tube into your vein and your arm using a needle. Having an IV placed looks and feels a lot like having blood drawn in a lab, mm -hmm. except that we'll leave a little tiny plastic tube or IV catheter in your arm during the treatment. It shouldn't hurt once it's in place. Sometimes people worry when they have IVs that a needle is being left in their arm mm -hmm. the whole time they're getting an infusion, but that's not the case. We use a needle to put that little tube in your arm, but as soon as that tube is in, we'll take the needle out of, out of your vein, mm -hmm. out of your arm. Your nurse will connect your IV to a liquid medication, and that medication will go into your vein through tubing that's connected to a pump so we can control the rate and make sure that you get that medication safely. Okay. We use the term infusion to describe the way that that medication goes into your vein. Mm -hmm. Your infusion will take 15 to 30 minutes. Your infusion will take 15 to 30 minutes and just under four ounces of liquid medication will be infused into your bloodstream. While your reclassed infusion only takes 30 minutes, your nurse will spend extra time before and after your infusion to talk with you, to make sure that IV is safely and comfortably placed. And then we'll remove that IV before you go home and put a bandage on your arm to stop any bleeding. All right, that's great, thank you. Uh, we talked a little bit about what patients can experience afterwards when I asked about why they would take Tylenol or ibuprofen, but I'd like to ask if there's any additional symptoms that patients could experience after these treatments. We often get that question. Yeah. People usually tolerate these treatments very well, but there can be side effects. For prolia, side effects often include muscle aches, back pain, or pain in the arms and legs. Mm -hmm. For avenity, the most common side effects are joint pain and headache. And as we talked about for reclassed, the most common side effect is a flu-like achy bones side effect. Mm -hmm. Fever, achiness, mild headache, bone, joint, or muscle pain that may start about a day after your infusion and last one to three days. Okay. So it seems like minor symptoms that will go away, you know, within a short period of time for most people. Yes. Yeah. Great. So nothing that should, you know, hopefully stop people from getting these treatments if they really do need them. Um, Correct. Okay. You can take plenty of, you can take Tylenol or Ibuprofen um, after your visit if you're concerned about side effects or if you do experience that. Mm -hmm. And if you have any questions and if anything feels like it's not normal or you're concerned, we always want you to give us a call and talk with a nurse about what you're experiencing. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. All right. So I've been thinking this while you've been talking throughout this interview. So I'm glad we're going to, I'm going to get the chance to ask you this question, but how often does a patient have to receive the bone treatments? Proliot treatments are once every six months. Avenity injections are once every 28 to 29 days for one year. Mm -hmm. And reclassed infusions are once a year or once every two years, typically. Okay. And all of these treatments are done in a physician's office, correct? Correct. Okay. Correct. All right. 
Um, do they have to continue these injections for the rest of their life? Or is there any, at any point, can the injections be stopped? Like if, if um, they're seeing their bone density tests are getting better or they feel better or, you know, so just a little bit more information about the, the length of the treatment. That's a great question. When you're getting these treatments, we always want you to be seeing your clinician at least once a year to talk about your health, do ongoing preventive health care, and make sure that you're staying up to date on your bone density scans and talking about any new symptoms that you could be experiencing. We'll start with Avenity since that medication works a little bit differently than the others. Mm -hmm. As we talked about, Avenity helps rebuild your bone. Mm -hmm. So that medication is used up to one year in total. Okay. You take it for about one year, it helps rebuild your bone. And then typically patients will continue, um, they'll stop the Avenity, but then they'll switch over to taking Prolia or Reclast. Mm. Prolia and Reclast are both taken as ongoing therapy. For Prolia, if you stop the therapy, um, and that that treatment is once every six months, mm -hmm. if you stop that treatment, your bone loss will resume. Mm. So patients will take that on an ongoing basis. Mm -hmm. For Reclast, that's given one every one or two years, really just depending on you, how your symptoms are going, how your bone density scans are looking. And sometimes after five or 10 years of infusions, your clinician may recommend doing a drug holiday of about two years and then reevaluating you. But these are always done on a patient by patient basis, you and your clinician talking together, talking about your symptoms, risks and benefits to really make sure that you're getting the right treatment for you. Uh, so who would a patient see? What type of clinician would they see if they have any osteoporosis concerns? That is a great question. If you have concerns, the best place to start is where you're at with your current OBGYN provider. All of our Cleveland Clinic Obstetrics and Gynecology Institute physicians have access to information about osteoporosis treatments and can make a referral to the Center for Specialized Women's Health. So start where you're at, talk with your regular OBGYN provider, and if you haven't been in for a visit, you can call us to schedule a routine annual visit. You can talk with your provider about any postmenopausal concerns that you have and get an appropriate referral. Once you're able to be seen in the Centers for Specialized Women's Health, Dr. Thacker is our medical director. In the Center for Specialized Women's Health, our clinicians who supervise these bone treatments are Dr. Thacker, Dr. Batur, Dr. Patty Mackiel, Dr. Saikon, and Dr. Khan. Wonderful. Yeah. And I mean, I, I'm familiar with all of these physicians um, just from my role at Speaking to Women's Health, and they're all so wonderful and so kind. So, um, and experts in their fields. Well, I mean, that about wraps us up for talking about the osteoporosis treatments. I mean, as a nurse at the Cleveland Clinic and in the Center for Specialized Women's Health, do you have any other final thoughts to our listeners? I am so glad and appreciative to be able to share information. Our patients are so curious and engaged in their care, and it's just fantastic to be able to partner with our patients and all the clinicians that we work with. 
Absolutely. I mean, and we're so grateful for the wonderful healthcare clinicians that are available to us, especially here in Northeast Ohio, you know, where Cleveland Clinic is. I mean, there's just so many wonderful caregivers. So thank you, Rachel. And thanks for joining us on the Speaking of Women's Health podcast. I also want to say a special thank you to our listeners for tuning in to another episode of the podcast. Uh, We are so grateful for your support as well. And if you are not already subscribed to the podcast, please do. This way you won't miss any future episodes from Dr. Thacker or maybe sometimes myself. And we hope you will also consider supporting the podcast in other ways. You can share it with others, your friends, your family, other women who you think would be really interested in this information. You can donate to the Speaking of Women's Health program. It's a wonderful nonprofit where we provide healthcare information, and you can leave a five-star rating on the podcast. Um, We thank you again, and we look forward to seeing you all next time in the Sunflower House. Thanks so much, Lee. Wasn't that just a fabulous podcast in the Sunflower House? Well, I'm your host and the executive director of Speaking of Women's Health, Dr. Holly Thacker, And thanks for joining us for another episode of Speaking of Women's Health. If you don't already subscribe to our free podcast, please hit follow or subscribe for free wherever you listen to podcasts or catch us on Rumble. Look for Speaking of Women's Health on the Rumble channel. And if you appreciate all this great information we give you to empower you to be strong, be healthy, and be in charge, you can hit the donate button on Speaking of Women's Health. And don't forget to access our free treatment guidebooks, our social media, our recipes, our breaking health news. You have been listening to the Speaking of Women's Health podcast.